Hello everybody, my name is Marshall and welcome back to another episode of the Doodlecast and welcome to season two. I decided that in each season I'm going to keep it to about 10 episodes or so with maybe a little bit of a snippet here and there if I do go on a hiatus like I did previously, but welcome to the new season. So for today's episode, I'm going to go into cosmetology, which is my nine to five job, my normal everyday thing that I do, but it's something that I'm very passionate about and I feel like doesn't get enough credit where it's due in the artistic sense. So recently I did a contest with Pop Riot and I entered it. As of right now, I haven't heard anything about who won first, second, third prize. I have no idea if I will, but as of this recording, I have not heard anything about winners and entries are closed, but this was for their new fantasy line and I decided to make an episode talking about the creative process behind my hair designs and my makeup looks because there truly is a very artistic and creative aspect to this that I feel like a lot of people overlook because some people think, oh yeah, you just slap chemicals on the hair and there you go, but it's a lot more in-depth than that to some. To some people, it's a very strategic and very calculated thing. But to me, it's a very artistic and very personal thing. So I decided to bring you guys through my thought process. Now to start off, what I am referencing is the art or what will be the art for today's episode. That is what I entered into the contest. I like to call it the poisoned one and it features a beautiful model, an amazing friend of mine, Martina. Martina, if you're listening to this, hi and thank you so, so much. But throughout the episode, I will be referencing that picture mainly, or I will be talking about the behind the scenes of that specific picture. For starters, everything in that picture is something that I did other than the model herself. I did not create her. <laughs> she is a living person, but I did the hair, the makeup, the nails, the editing everything in that picture. She just kind of came in, put on her clothes, picked out some jewelry, and left the rest up to me. And for a guest to trust a stylist with that and not really have a lot of say in what you get done is really fun. And it can also be a little daunting, but I already had a plan going into it. And luckily Martina was so sweet and she was so on board for whatever. So I got very lucky with having a model who was basically just like, yeah, do whatever you want to me. The basis for the concept was Pulp Riot's new line of color that just came out. It's a fantasy line. It's based in three different colors, a green color, a red color, and like a dark purplish, almost blue color. And I know some of it's Guardian, Pyro, and sorcerer don't quote me on that but it is to promote their new line and so generally you can get the idea it was a fantasy based contest and they didn't really say anything about you know specific fantasy realms or fantasy worlds just fantasy period now a lot of the box art and everything had to do with like dungeons and dragons type fantasy so i did follow along with that and i decided to go with somewhat of a sorcerer witch character i liked the name sorcerer but actually the color that i really liked was guardian and again don't quote me on that but it's the green color and so that's the color that i really based it off the most because i've always loved bright greens and like neon greens so that color was so pretty to me 
Now, from what I first saw when people started entering things, a lot of people were doing dragon themes because of pyro, the red color, and I saw some beautiful, beautiful stuff. And I originally thought I wanted to do a dragon, but then I sort of was inspired by the Descendants movie and I forgot which daughter it is, but she had a purple and green color palette that I love and I love purple and green color palettes. Oh, they're so pretty to me. So I wanted to do something like that with a witchy theme and the theme of poison because I immediately think of like Snow White, Poison Apple. I know it wasn't Snow White's daughter. I think it was Maleficent's, but stay with me on this. When I think green, I think poison. I think, you know, cool poison though. I don't know if there's such thing as cool poison, but like slime or like a Nickelodeon slime. So I wanted it to be something bright, but then I wanted to incorporate the purple because I like the contrast. So I also thought of royalty and purple is a very royal regal color, historically wise and in just fiction in general. So I wanted to combine those two elements in some way. So before I even thought about what I was going to do for the design, I actually came up with a character and a backstory for what I was going to do. So I had something to base it off of. Now, eventually, once I came up with the story, I am a very creative person, as you have probably already noticed. So I immediately started snowballing into this whole giant backstory. So I will try not to bore you with the whole lore I came up for this one character, but to start out, it was a sorcerer and she worked for a royal family, hence the purple. She was a very sweet, kind person and she was in love with the princess who was about to be put up for the throne or queened or whatever the term is, but it was her coronation soon. And there were multiple people who were out to get her in the family. She has a whole family and a whole backstory about like she has a older half brother, a younger brother, the mom, the dad, the chef, the groundskeeper, all that stuff. And each of them had a reason to kill her or to not want her to become queen. So on the night of her coronation, the family and the sorcerer had dinner because the sorcerer always attended everything with the family and the princess died and it was found out to be poisoned. And the reason for the sorcerer's transformation and how she became poisoned, I guess you should say, is because I sort of pulled a Romeo and Juliet here as the princess was dying, the sorcerer gave her one last kiss in an attempt to bring her back to life using some sort of magic, but the princess ended up dying. And the legend says either there was a little bit of poison left on the princess's lips, enough to poison the sorceress's heart, but not enough to poison her herself. Or some people say that it was her broken heart that turned her poison. And for the rest of her life, her goal is to figure out who murdered her beloved. So that's what I was going off of, that she was not an inherently evil character, but she had a broken heart, she was misguided, and she's a very neutral character who is willing to do what she needs to. So she may look evil on the outside, but she's actually a neutral, logical, and very caring character. So from that base story, I started thinking about placement and a lot of people don't realize, but the way you take your sections and place color on the hair can greatly affect the outcome. And you may think it's just like, again, you slap colors on pieces and it goes, yay, pretty. 
but that is not always the case. So I immediately thought of how would I make it look like she had purple hair and then all of a sudden she started getting spouts of green and eventually the green was kind of taking over her hair. So I ended up doing a pattern using two different kinds of purples and two different kinds of greens, making triangle sections going up her head. So that way each color would have a different thickness to it and each section would have a different like dimension. So it wouldn't look very calculated, but at the same time it would look neat, if that made sense. And the one thing I do love about Pulp Riot is since recently getting into their products and everything, their colors mix very well and it is like a paint palette. And I absolutely love that because it translates directly from art because if you know the color wheel, then you know how to get those crisp colors that you want. Obviously, once you start doing hair or art, you have to go deeper into it. It's not just there's red and there's green and there's blue and there's purple and there's orange and a whole bunch. Like it's a lot more complicated than that. <laughs> But in general, I really like that Pulp Riot is a brand that you see the color that you get with their semi-permanents. Those, mwah, fantastic, 10 out of 10. And I'm not sponsored by them in any sort of way or fashion. I just wanted to talk about this contest that I was very inspired by and it is just so happened to be with the brand. So I will be talking about this brand a lot, but I am by no means sponsored. Though I wouldn't turn down a sponsorship. If y'all wanna just give me one or like give me a little message, don't you worry. <laughs> but besides me being a starving artist, <laughs> the main thing I wanted to focus on with this competition and with this specific goal that I wanted was the hair. So that is what I really put a lot of focus and time and energy into. But then at the end of it, I realized that there needed to be a whole picture. So I started thinking about makeup and how to make her look scary, but sympathetic. So in general with her makeup, I kept with the same color palette I was doing of greens and purples and all that stuff. Maybe a little bit of black mixed in there, well a lot of it, but that's more for eyeliners and things. And I wanted to make it look like that she had a third eye, but that it wasn't always there. And then that's where I started adding more to the story and her third eye awoke once her lover died, so that way it helped her find the mystery. and all that sorts of stuff. I will be referencing the backstory a lot because I have written a whole thing about it. I couldn't sleep one night because I was so excited about it. And I wrote, I believe it's a 10 page backstory for her. And yes, I do that for a lot of my characters. <laughs> Is it a problem? I don't know. But I didn't want it to look like everyday pretty makeup. I wanted it to look almost goth in a sense or a little bit punk. So I definitely made sure to do big eyeliner with it. And I ended up doing what could be incorporated as teardrops or just more graphic eyeliner by doing some streaks down her cheeks. And I liked how it could kind of be considered both. I didn't necessarily want it to look like tears, but I wanted it to be able to be interpreted different by each person who saw it. At the same time, it was kind of difficult for me just because I didn't want to go too overboard with the makeup and the nails and all that stuff because I wanted the focal point to be the hair and the style that I did it in and I wanted it all to look cohesive and not like one thing was standing out over the other. So then I decided to do the nails and match it because 
I had actually seen something on Pinterest and I've always wanted to draw something similar to it, but I could never think anything of it. And this is actually where the idea to enter the contest really started. It was a draw this in your style of a girl and she had a candle on her head and the wax was dripping and she had these hands that were framing her face in a very like spooky way and she had golden blonde hair and the candle was black and it was so so pretty i'm not sure who the artist was i will look it up and see if i can't find her but it was on pinterest and it was posted by like a friend of a somebody of a somebody of a somebody so i will try but basically this picture was so beautiful and i love the way that the hands frame the face so that sparked the idea of a sorceress for me because i thought about different religions and i believe correct me if I'm wrong, but it is the Hindu religion where a lot of the gods and or goddesses have multiple hands or in arms. And I've always found those pieces of art very powerful and very striking. So I wanted to do something inspired by it, but I didn't want to appropriate that religion. So I put my own twist on it to make it more spooky and make it look like she conjured the hands rather than they actually were her own. Then story-wise, I came up with these hands because these hands that were floating around her that weren't actually her own, they didn't have any fingerprints, so she would actually touch things on the crime scene with those hands, and she'd never actually use her physical hands until, like, the end of it, where at the end of the story, she finds out who it is, and she puts the person in handcuffs, and it's a very symbolic thing of how she, like, has not touched anything with her real hands since she held her lover, and a very symbolic thing but these hands don't have fingerprints on them and they're not connected to her, so she can't feel what she's touching. And it's a very symbolic, emotional thing, but that's actually the backstory behind the hands framing her. Now recently I have gotten into doing dip polish, and for those of you who don't know, it is similar to acrylics, but different in the sense that it is a powder. and acrylic does start out as a powder and then you use a monomer and all this stuff but with dip powder in the name you dip the nail in after you apply a liquid base and then the powder will adhere to the nail and it will shape naturally so it's a little bit easier in my opinion than acrylic and i wanted to test out my newly found skills on a model and i figured what better time to do it than now because she had very short nails to begin with i do too i'm very bad with biting my nails it's a super bad habit but what are you gonna do and so i figured let's give it a shot so i did a dark purple base and i figured that would be the base for nails and then obviously i did the little drips of poison and that would represent the poison corrupting her i debated on putting some sort of makeup on her hands like maybe a black dark makeup at her fingertips to make it look dirty or like you know they're from the shadows but again i didn't want to take away from anything and i wanted it to be very cohesive so i decided to say less is more in this case because they were already going to be all around her head now this whole process of hair makeup nails photos everything I think it took roughly four to five hours. And to some people that may seem like a lot, but when you want to get a full makeover done, it takes a good bit. The thing that took the most though is usually the hair itself, just because when you want to lighten hair and you want to get those bright vivid colors, you need to lighten it to a pretty pale, pale blonde. Because if you think about it, if you're familiar with color theory and if you aren't, I'll walk you through. Um, <laughs> 
if you put pink on top of yellow, it'll look a little orange. Or if you put blue with yellow, it's going to look green. Or if you put purple with yellow, they will cancel each other out. So you want to get the closest to white or a pale, pale yellow as you possibly can with these colors. So that way you get the truest color because the more yellow or orange the hair is, the less likely you're gonna get the color you want. You're just gonna get a muted tone or version of that. And if this isn't making sense to you, then you could try a little experiment. If you have an iPad, use that. If you have crayons or whatever, use that. But take a white surface and color with a blue pencil on top of that and see the color it turns. Then take a yellow surface or yellow piece of paper, color with a blue pencil and see the difference in the colors. Now this is not as complicated because obviously there are chemicals involved, but it's just a very basic example. And honestly, that is often why bright vivid colors cost so much. It's not necessarily because, you know, we're trying to waste your time or something, or we are trying to do this and this, but it's really because we are using products that will not break your hair because to get your hair to that light pale blonde, it goes through a lot of different phases, especially if you have dark hair. And if you have dark hair, it goes through more and more and more. So say if you have a strawberry blonde, it's going to be easier to get you to a pale blonde than if you have dark black hair. So the reason why we cost so much is just because we are trying to use quality products that will still have your hair being safe and strong, but still getting the color you want. And that's the difference between going to a stylist versus doing it at home, because we have the knowledge and we have studied, we have gotten our license to understand the chemistry of hair and how it lightens and what will work best with what kind of hair. And not to say that you can't look it up yourselves, but to get your cosmetology license, you have to have, I believe in Maryland, it is around 1000 hours of cosmetology practice. You have to go through a five hour test, practical test, and then you have to go through a written test. So we know what we're talking about with chemicals, most likely. <laughs> and if you have ever experienced where you have done your own hair and it's turned out very fried and crispy, and then you go to a salon and you notice, wow, they lightened it but it feels soft. That's just because of the quality of the products and our prior knowledge on the subject. But truly out of the whole process, the hair was the most important, took the longest and the most delicate just because that is what the contest was based around. And the general process to get your hair to look like that is pretty difficult and pretty lengthy. I think the most frustrating part of the whole thing though was editing. And that's because I love drawing and I love doing all that stuff, but editing real life people and Photoshop, that takes a specific eye to understand how to make things look realistic. And at some point I had to kind of tell myself, okay, these hands floating out of the back of her head don't have to look super realistic. They just have to look fantasy. And fantasy is definitely not realistic. <laughs> 
The only other editing that I actually did on that photo was I made the one eye that you could kind of see look black. I figured that if I chose a picture that had her eyes wide open, I would make them look black. But I ended up doing one where she was kind of glancing at the floor. So that did work out in my favor. And then I made the eyeliner a little bit more black in places where the light kind of reflect off of different creases just because I wanted it to have a very mute effect. But other than that, I did zero editing on the actual picture itself. I didn't want to make it look like something I didn't produce. That is very important to me when I post stuff on my Instagram account for hair. I do little to no editing on it because I want you to see what I can do. So that way when you come to me, you know exactly what you're gonna get and you can see my authentic skills. I don't want to put out something that I'm not. But before I even started the editing or I started taking pictures, I actually did a couple different rough drafts of sketches of possible poses and possible ways that it could look. And I don't think any of them looked exactly like the final photo. And that's never going to happen, especially with things that are translating from drawn art to real life. It's never going to look 100% the same just because most likely if you're like me, I have a very stylistic art style and so it doesn't match your life on purpose. The main purpose of these sketches were to give the model some ideas on how to pose, different ways to kind of look or things, or mainly just for me directing the model, because I actually never showed her the drawings because I didn't want her to mock them and feel like she had to look exactly like them. I would, you know, adjust her and be like, hey, look this way, look this way, move your hands this way. But I never wanted her to feel unnatural or uncomfortable because in pictures, you can always tell when somebody's faking something. You can tell when somebody doesn't like what they're doing. There is just that energy or that look in their face that's like, oh dear God, help me, I hate this. So I never want to make my models feel like that because it shows. But all in all, after the pictures were taken, there were so many good ones that I absolutely adored. It was kind of hard choosing between them, but I just found that the one that I ended up choosing was perfect because I liked the way that it highlighted the hair, it had emotion in it, and every aspect of what I did was represented beautifully. So yeah, there's my creative process behind that specific picture. Now, in real life, I usually do this for most of my guests. If they tell me ahead of time what they want, it may not be a character or as in depth with a fantasy, but I always put a lot of heart and soul into thinking about what the final product will look like and how I want them to feel. And that is the most important part of it. It is art on a living canvas and that living canvas cares about what it looks like. Because when you draw on an iPad, it can't give you feedback like, oh, that's shit, I don't like it, I don't like what you're putting on me. But with a person, what they are telling you to do or what they want you to do is expressing how they feel on the inside and it's something that will hopefully make them feel beautiful and more confident than they felt walking in there. And that is a very, very powerful form of art to me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to follow me on my hair account, marshalls.magic. That is where I usually post most of my hair and my styling. I do not really post any of that on my drawing account. I like to keep it separate. So if you're interested in more of my hair side of things, feel free to go over and check that out. Thank you guys so much for listening and I really, really appreciate all the support I've gotten in the first season. So let's keep that ball rolling. 
I will try not to take as long as a hiatus as I did during the last season, but of course life happens and that was just kind of a big unexpected twist. So plot twist, <laughs> more regular episodes to come and more things to look forward to. Again, if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to shoot me a DM or comment on one of my posts and let me know what you guys think. Other than that, I will see you guys in the next episode. Doodle on.